Hi. Welcome to Scripts and Giggles with Shoshana. And Marnie. I have to say before we start, um, Marnie is wearing such a cute outfit. Thank you. It's really, really nice. Um, you guys can't Obviously, see Obviously podcasts are visual <laughs> mediums, so you guys can all just see <laughs> how gorgeous I look today. I would just say she looks like a 60s black queen. <laughs> I do really feel like, and um, I don't know how other people feel, but I genuinely feel like had I been born in the 60s, I would have had an absolutely brilliant life. You think? Yeah. No, oh, like no, racism no. aside, <laughs> I think I would have really thrived. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like in any era, you could just be like, just cut out this really big systemic no, racism No, I issue. mean, aesthetically, I yeah. think I would have done really well in the 60s. I, yeah. No, do you know what? I like think mini skirts. Yeah, I would have had a great time with that. I, I love a mini skirt. I don't really like mini skirts, mini dresses, or anything. Well, you're born in no, the 1800s. Yeah, I was gonna say, I would say I would do the you're, 80s. You're more of a corset. You've got really nice boobs, so you've got like a, you've got corset boobs, like really tight, like pressed up, like you're breathing. They're like, like yeah, you've got boobs. Yeah, you've got corset boobs. I've got like non-existent, like. But I've got like very like fun sixties energy. I feel like I feel like no. The reason why I'm not a massive fan of like mini skirts is just because like the whole like bending over thing. There's this rule I have: if you bend over and you're wearing a mini skirt and you can see your underwear, you can't wear it. So that really excluded a lot of most of the clothes. So I end up giving it to my younger sister who is short, petite, and everything looks cute on her. So I really lost a lot of my wardrobe because I was too tall. Mom, this got really deep recently. <laughs> <laughs> we were just having a chat about clothes. Me personally, no. Um, I um think I would also do really well in the sixties because um, you could smoke in lecture rooms. Wow. And you could smoke everywhere. And I just think like me, like bangs, big boofy curls. Just like I would have had such a good time in the sixties. Well, I would just say you are looking. Like I would have been at all of those 60s. like Black Panther like. Garlands. Oh yeah, the but garlands were the right. Wasn't one of them. Protests. Yes. Yeah, it's definitely not gala. I'm in the background of the gala. Protests with my like little beret yeah. and my little turtle neck. Making a moment. Been, like, yeah. We need to do something about racism. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, you would have thrived in the sixties. I would have thrived in the sixties. I... I would have had. Oh, I would have been like one of those people, like a, a hippie commune, just like. We don't have partners here. We all just, it's free love. And I would have just, you know, I also think you worked my way around that Yeah, commune. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, you. <laughs> <laughs> I had a great time. You would, have, you would have loved the community at the beginning. And then once you became a teenager, because I'm assuming you were, the, were born into the No, 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 no. I feel like my parents come over here. And then you, you joined. The, and then I'm born here and I'm like, really like, wow, free love. Let's do. And like, then you become the rebel. Yeah, I leave, I leave at like 16 to join this commune, have a good time until I'm like 21. And I'm like, do you know what? No, I want to be in a suburbs with like a husband <laughs> and 2.1 kids. So I like leave and I leave my little like, you know, I've probably had like eight kids because it's a commune <laughs> and people are not doing same sex. And it's like, I have like four children who are called like Starburst and like rain, and, rain. and I'm like, good luck. <laughs> and I just go and live in the suburbs. And then and the, like, your, your future kids be like, oh, I didn't know you had another family. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Then you'll be rejoined. And then yeah. you'll have a reunion where all your eight kids come back yeah. and like, mama. They come back and I'm like, I'm a head teacher at a school. Wow. I'm like this and I was a different woman back then. Wow, this, this got deep. Yeah. And this also sounds like another story. This yeah. sounds like a We'll get into yeah. that later yeah. on. <laughs> I write when I write my memoirs of my previous life. I feel like if there's any 
era that I would have loved in terms of like fashion is probably the nineties. Like the baggy. You were born in the nineties. I don't do this. Like I'm no. I was born in the nineties. Was I wearing like baggy trousers? I was. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know what your mum was doing. That was just my mum was getting me all the latest trends. No, I will be like tomboy chic type of thing like the TLCs and the Aaliyahs yeah I had little car- I had blue cargo trousers as your two year olds well, who cares what two year olds wearing you don't have any style yeah but that's what I said I want to be you like want to be teen- two years old no I want to be a teenager in the 90s you were a whole eight years old in the 90s you yeah I was worn- I was stepping out of the 90s when I was eight I was wearing combat trousers when I was eight I don't know about you, I, but I was I a fashion mean, icon. I don't know. I was kind of wearing a mix of that plus a bit of native for the feel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so many cute photos of me. I can't wait me, to see Me that. and Mini Gelays. She thought I was wearing a Gele at four years yeah, old. Yeah, with my little sister matching, you know. To be fair, our, my primary school had um, World Day yeah, every yeah. year. And I would wear, my mum, I would wear full kente to those. Oh. Oh, yeah, cute. head wrap. Yeah. When my sister was in nursery, like not nursery, like preschool. Yeah, she they had a world day and she That's had like nice. the li- this miniest little kid. Oh, oh, it's the so cutest cute. picture. It's very adorable. I have to say, most of my Instagram is like a small baby, cute babies, and cute dogs. I most don't know if it's my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> What if you ever want to figure out the difference between Shoshana and Money, one of us has cute babies and dogs on their Instagram, and one of us just has clothes. And the ironic thing is, like, I don't like dogs. I love clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I but love I think they're clothes. really cute when they just like do things that like adults do. I was talking to my old boss about this. I, I want to get a dog, but I don't think I have the lifestyle right. for a dog yet. No, I don't have the bandwidth maturity. No, Sorry. I have the bandwidth. I have the maturity. I just don't want to leave it in a crate. When yeah. I go to work, I don't know. I just think that's really inhumane. Yeah. Like having a dog stay in the house. Yeah. I think if I ever move to a place with a garden, then I'll get a dog. Yeah, but that being said, I just feel like it, it needs a lot of maintenance. Like it's not one of those things where you can take. Oh, actually, you can take it to doggy daycare, but you could take it to work. Like my my old boss was work, like, you could yeah. have brought the dog to work, and I was like, I don't work here yeah. anymore. But also, <laughs> but also, it's like it will take up so much attention, and you're like. I still got to this project that needs to get signed off. So can you guys stop like no, I want that. The, the cute dash room that we need to start like? Because I feel like I don't know. I'm very specific about my lunches. Yeah, I will take a full hour and I will leave the office to go and get. Food. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I feel like people will have their lunches at their desk, and I think that's absolutely inhumane. That's what. We and I feel like do, if you yeah. have a dog, that's an extra reason to get out yeah. of the office. Yeah. I remember I worked somewhere where their dog went for a walk in the morning and in the afternoon, not lunch. Oh, wow. So they would have an hour for lunch. Yeah. And then, like, 20 minutes at, like, 10 o'clock. Yeah. And then 20 minutes at, like, 3 to walk their dog. Wow, is that, the, is that, the, is that the new smoking break? Yeah, yeah. basically. <laughs> it is. That's actually a really good point. I remember those times where everyone was like, oh, this is, like... Actually, no, it was definitely pre-pandemic and also, like, a while ago where people were like, oh, I'm just going to get sick. Does anyone want to join? And then the, half the office will go. And you just... All the non-smokers be like... Us healthy people are just sitting here, just my know, old workplace work. had that, but it wasn't like half the workplace. But there was people that would have like three or four smoking yeah. breaks during the day, which yeah. fine. There, there was some like statistics about it, like you know the people that don't smoke, and well, technically they kind of not working. They work more. It's not saying they work harder, but they're just working longer, longer periods because they don't have to take as many breaks. I think everyone needs a break from it. Literally, though, but isn't it legally that you're supposed to get up from your desk every yeah. two hours or yeah, something? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So, and also, you should be like looking away from your screen at least once in every hour, I think. So, the eyes. moral of this story is everyone should start no, smoking. No, the moral do not smoke. As you can tell, you can tell who smokes and who doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Between Shoshana and Marnie, you can tell. 
Um, Mani has never smoked a cigarette high. <laughs> she would never. How do that. many times have we gone out and I'm just literally like booing all the smokers in our group? That's between you and your god. Don't. I'm just. Me personally, I don't want to judge people. Everyone makes their own decisions. I also don't judge people. But I do say boo because I just feel Start like... Start judging. Anyway, <laughs> should we get to the cultural Let's, chat? Yeah, the pop culture news of the week is actually the Don't Worry Darling press tour. Because I think, it, not even the film, the whole press tour is a pop culture moment. I am having the time of my life. It's reading the memes about this thing. It yeah. is so enjoyable. I feel like I wasn't... Up Today, I so I had seen the news about Jason Sudeikis serving Olivia yeah. Wilde on set with custody papers. Oh, I thought it was on stage. So, no, no, oh, yeah, it was stage. on stage. It was she at Comic Con or something. Yeah, she was doing a speech and then someone yeah. came up to her. And, okay, then she, so. and then she literally looked at the paper and she was like, let me continue this. I remember hearing about this and then being like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's peak. But like, yeah. also feels like personal drama. It does, yeah. And then we get to Venice, and I'm like, oh, this is public drama, apparently. I feel like we should give it a bit of context. So, Don't Worry Darling is a film. I think it's um, Olivia Wilde's directorial debut. She did Book Smart. Oh, did she? Yeah. Oh! Wow, okay. Not so her directorial de- debut, debut at all. Okay, so this is, um, yeah, so it's directed by Olivia Wilde. It's it stars second film. Second, mm-hmm. second, film uh, starring Harry Styles, Florence Poe? Pew. Pew. Jesus. I cut that out. That's embarrassing. <laughs> For his Poe. <pose. laughs> it, it sounds like a French name, like Bo. Harold, <laughs> Harry La and Harry. Oh my God, there's two uh, Harrys in it. Yeah. Um, no? Also, um, Chris. Chris Pine. Chris Tinkiwiki. Um, and Gemma Chan. Who has been very more quiet in this situation. Yeah. If I was her, everyone. If I was her, I would st- stay way. Way back. If I had time, I'd get right in there. No, I'll be out of it. I'm, I'm, I'm cool. I'm going to stand on the press tour. Stand no, on the red carpet. She is cool. She doesn't need it. Um, yeah, but if I was her, out. I'd be like, I want to be in it. No, I don't want to this I'd drama. be like, me personally, I side with Florence. <laughs> and I support I support Florence in everything. She's a brilliant actress. No, I'm, like, I just... Also, I Harry Styles did spill Chris I was there. I yeah, saw the receipt. I literally saw the, the droplets. I like, said, Harry, stop. <laughs> and he did it. It was too late. I Do you know what is also crazy about this? That, um, oh, what's his name? The American dude. Chris Pine. No. Other American dude. No. Comedian. No. Uh, he used to have a show. This is going to bug me. I'm going to flick out. Yes, the one comedian who had a show. No, he had a show and it was, oh, Nick Kroll. Oh yeah, the Nick Kroll is in this film. Oh, is he? Yeah, oh, okay. and he's he's been there. Do you know what? Again, and him, and, him he... and Harry Styles kissed. Oh yes, he did. He yeah, kissed him. yeah, he did. Um, what I would say, uh, going back to the context, is that basically from the beginning of this film is is there's always been, been a drama. bit of drama, drama filled. Um, firstly, it was Olivia Wilde started the relationship with Harry Styles. Olivia Wilde is probably in her forties. I heard it was an affair. Ooh. That's what uh, I heard. Uh, Alleged. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but Olivia was in her 40s with kids. Uh, she was married. She... Oh, she's still married to Jason Sudeikis. No, but they're getting a divorce. They're in the process of getting divorced now. And then Harry Styles is in his late 20s. But he he's known... Like Aaron Taylor Johnson all over again. Yeah, but he's known for liking older women. Um, and um, But if you've listened to previous podcasts, you know that I do like 
some Harry Styles music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do know that. We do know that. I'm not afraid to say that. Um, I didn't. There was a song. That song that's all over TikTok. As it was. Yeah. Yeah. I like that one. I'm not gonna lie. I haven't listened to the whole thing. I've only heard the TikTok excerpt. Yeah. The song that you got. I'm like, oh, this is catchy. That's what made me want to listen to the album. I was like, oh, a bit boppy, and you know, the rest of the album is really chill. I think the thing I don't love about Harry Styles is the like. Go on, I feel like I know where you're going with this. Because I've heard this right. as well. So, like, David Bowie did the whole, like, androgyna yeah. sort of um, man from Mars thing. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like Harry Styles has just copied yeah. that. Um, and it's not different in any way apart from it's queer baiting. And I... I am not queer, so I don't... I'm not going to sit here and be, like, the expert on, mm-hmm. on queerdom, but, like... It is a bit messed up, I think, to pre- to do things that are like a little bit gay, yeah. but then to not um, yeah. be gay or to not like I don't know stand up on other LGBTQ plus issues, but like to use it as a way to like hook audiences. I think that's shady. I think one of the things about Harry Styles, I think he people have said that he has been an ally, or he he tries in some parts of his or he, in parts of his music to be an ally. Um, to the LGBT plus community. But I think one of the key things is that he has been probably a bit hidden and not as overt about his own sexuality because like the media, like everyone, because he he has, you know, leaned more into being a queer ally, leaned more into queerness in his music and in his, his image, especially coming from One Direction. There has been many questions that have come up about what is his sexuality? And it's definitely up to him whether he wants to reveal it or disclose that in any form. But because he has actually been even more intentional about not revealing anything and kind of like dodging the question, it makes it feel like he probably, he probably or maybe queer baiting because he knows that he has such a loyal fan base that I'm not saying it will change because they know he's straight or not, but it's just very clear that all his relationships that have been public have been with women. All I'm saying is that I think we've just seen from more recent times, I think it's, if you're in the media and the public eye... People will be intrigued. People will be intrigued about every part of your life. And that also includes your sexuality. And if you are not hiding it, it actually fuels the fire even more. Yeah. Which I think sometimes is why people don't come out because it's like, it's actually better press for me to be like question mark question mark question mark than but, it is to me to give you an answer but then also it's just one of those things like why it's so oh, it's, also I mean, we have to dig into this thing about why we care yeah that's there's a bigger thing like, like why what's do it we got hear? to do with me yeah i'm actually never going to meet harry styles i mean you don't know i hope not if you work in the project and harry styles is walks in the room i mean <laughs> i wish <laughs> if harry styles walks in the room i'd be like can I just say, I thought the outfit that you wore to Venice was I iconic. Think was, I think it looked really nice. I think I'm a little bit inspired by him right, today, Yeah, Yeah, actually. with your, the, 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 I, I, the suit and the like shoulders. pointy collar. I was like, this is dope, yeah. actually. He looks really nice. I'm, I have to I don't know if he looked nice. I just thought the outfit was good. I think he looked nice in the outfit. I don't remember what he looked like. I don't yeah, remember the outfit. I, mean, I remember the blue and the pink against it and being like, this is very gay. <laughs> in a good way. Like, I was like, oh, like, yeah, this nice is very camp, good. Yeah. I love that. I just always remember, like, in One Direction, my favourites were him and Zayn. So, like... Not Louis. I, no, not Louis. I also thought Harry was the hottest. And Zayn. The two of them together were Who the hottest. Who was Who 
with Louis? What? Why are you all about Louis? Do you not remember when there was a whole when Louis went on like some other podcast and was um I think it no, was... was it wasn't that was Liam. Yeah, oh my god, sorry, Louis. I don't know. Let's actually go back to Don't Worry Darling. Don't Worry Darling. I thought that Harry Styles was a short king and then I had to Google him when I went through this real, like, Instagram real binge of all his performances. And he's actually 5'10". No, 5'11". That's a short king. He's not. not, That's a short king. He looks short, but he's not that short. We need to, because somebody in the comments... Find out what the this rules are for being a short king. This ain't YouTube. In the comments, just put. <laughs> <laughs> what is your yeah, What is your quote? What is your um? What is the requirements to be a short king? Because yeah. for me, anyone under six foot is a short king. Anyone under five? No, five. You could be five, five nine. eleven. I don't think. King. I don't think five eleven is a short five king. king is a short king. Five, five 11, king is a short king. Five king is a short king, and five eleven is a short king. I think five nine is a short king. Anything lower than that. Call me a short king. But that being said, again, short kings is like I am a tall king. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> with, with anything to do with height, it's very subjective because it depends on where you sit in that pecking order. Yeah. Because so I would say anyone under six foot is a short king to me. I would say anyone under five nine, I would be a short king for me personally. I'll, Even though the, that five nine is still taller than me. Can I just? But so my cousin is six foot, and it's the the difference between the two of us is barely knowledgeable. Wow, so maybe maybe you need six two, six three. I'm telling you, anyone under six foot is a short king to me. I I don't see. <sighs> average don't king see. then. <laughs> yeah, the average height in the UK for a man is five nine. That's why I said that's why most men are short kings. When we will do an episode do you think called Chris Pine is a short king. Yeah, most actors are short kings. No, but do most. You think actually, Chris Pine is. Yeah. How tall is he? I think in my head, I think he's five eleven. He's like I, I think he's like a similar five. level to. Um, oh, actually no, Harry was. When at the press tour, Harry Styles was short. He looked shorter than Chris Pine. Considerably so shorter or a little no, bit shorter? No, just, just a little okay. bit shorter. So I think maybe at most, Chris Pine would be... What's after five or six foot? <laughs> I'll say five twelve. no. He's five twelve. <laughs> no, I think at most he's probably... He's probably 5'11". And then um, Harry is like... Um, no, Harry's 5'11". Either way, Harry looks short, but he's, he's still quite tall. The whole reason why this drama has come around with just this film alone. It's had more drama around the film than actually in the film. Yeah, I've heard the film's not great, yeah, but the, the drama around the film is brilliant. Yeah. So it first started off with Shia LaBeouf, who I think was initially casted in He was Harry Styles' role. He was in Harry Styles' role. And there was news that Olivia Wilde fired him because he made it... No, Florence. Olivia Wilde said she fired oh, okay. him. Yeah, because he, he made Florence... Feel unsafe. Feel unsafe, yeah. And then um, Shia LaBeouf came out and revealed, was it text messages or some type of receipt? Text that, messages and a video yeah, or recording. That showed, I think it was a video actually. Yeah, that showed Olivia saying, um, actually basically- He left. Him, yeah, he, he left. Said he, he said in his words, he left for like creative differences and whatever life things were going on. Um, was when, why he had to walk away from the show, from the film. But, but and, Olivia was kind of like begging him to stay. Yeah. And apparently in her video where she, or her voice note when she begged him to stay, she referred to Florence as Miss Flo. Yeah. In a very condescending manner. Okay. Um, Florence Pugh. Okay, so Florence Pugh apparently was dating Zach Braff. Yes, yeah, they dated for a while. Which somebody needs to explain this Wait. to me. I don't understand. How, I would date Zach. How? Okay, so let me just just, my... just from my, my scrubs. Was, I love scrubs. How on earth did those two meet? Is my question. 
I've, you know, because Zach Braff does a lot of like independent film, and I feel like Florence is this is something that it will sit in her kind of arena. So, but I also feel like she's significantly younger than him. So much younger than him, and she's yeah. also like they didn't grow up in the same. Well, like, maybe she, maybe she was like a massive fan of Scrubs, like me. So anyway, they today, <laughs> and Zach Braff is very good friends with Jason Sudeikis, who is uh, Olivia Wilde's yes. ex-husband. Yeah, okay. Um, so apparently that has been the reason why. Florence Pugh doesn't get on with Olivia Wilde because in the drama between Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis, Florence Pugh is team Jason, Uh, right? So then it's time to show the film at the Venice Film Festival. Um, Florence Pugh is currently shooting June and has said that the reason why she can't be around for all the press and stuff is because of June. People are speculating that it's because she hates Olivia Wilde and she hates the film. I mean, the the news, there was such massive news that Florence wasn't going to do any publicity. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, but the fact that she was at at Venice actually disputed At the premiere. Yeah, at the premiere, yeah. So then the premiere rolls around and Florence brings her grandma and her sister and has a whale of a time. Yeah. Not really attending any of the press stuff, just attending the premiere. Um, She, they go to the premiere, they get a standing ovation, and Florence Pugh apparently doesn't look at Olivia Wilde or interact with her once. I, so the videos on, on Twitter that I've seen feel a bit weird to me because it's like, if people were standing, like if people were standing up and clapping, Specifically for me. Yeah. Why am I looking at Live World? Yeah, I'll be looking at the crowd going, thank you. Yeah. Like, thank you for thanking me. Like, yeah, Florence seems uncomfortable and they're like, oh my God, everyone's happy for me. Which is ironic. Uh, you, actually, you find a lot of actors probably feel that same way. That yeah, yeah, and I don't, I didn't, looking at it, I wasn't like, she's deliberately not looking at Live Your World. But like, when you know all the drama, you're like, oh yeah, yeah. she doesn't look at Live Your World. But like, I don't know if I would look at Olivia no. Wilde. They're not best friends. No. I think, that if anything, they're civil. And I I mean, probably could have used that festival as an opportunity to just, like, do a little show for the public and just show everything is fine and, you know, hug it out. You could hug on the red carpet and that would, literally, that would quell every single rumour. I would just quiet everyone down, but that has not happened at all. So then the other thing <laughs> was just- that... Florence Pugh's makeup artist oh, it's okay. and hairdresser mm. had t-shirts that said Miss Flo on them when they were getting her ready for the Venice Film Festival. Wow. So if you needed any indication that she is very much aware yeah. of what happened or what has, what has been reported about Olivia Wilde and the Shia LaBeouf part of that drama, mm. she is aware. Her team is aware, and they are making jokes about it. It's just too much drama. That's not even the main drama. Oh, yeah, are we going to get to the other drama? The main drama. (laughs) (laughs) But my favourite guy, yeah. main drama is, at the premiere, which honestly does feel tense, prior to this, there was a press conference in which Harry... Harry Pine, oh my god, I'm mixing them up. Uh, Harry Chris Styles. Pine yeah. seems so over yeah, the film. Yeah. He looks like he's contemplating all of his life choices in that <laughs> press in that press conference. But weirdly, Harry Styles is going, 
Yeah, no, the thing about the film is that it really feels like a movie. Like, it feels like something where you go to the cinema and you sit down and you eat popcorn and you watch it. And that is specifically, like, the moment that people were like, and that's when Chris Pryor's, like, soul left his body. It's <laughs> <laughs> one of those things where they caught him, like, literally looking at the camera, like, dead, the, dead in the, the eye. The camera is on Chris <laughs> Pryor. You can't even see Harry Styles oh talking. It's just solely on Chris Pryor's face as he sits there, listening <laughs> to Harry Styles talk about how the movie that they made feels like a movie, which of I course think, it does because it's I a think movie. it's one of those things where he, Chris Pryor is like, I went to acting school for 10 years to study. <laughs> you came out of a boy band and had one film and you're chatting And have you now. seen the clip of Harry Styles in the film? I've seen like some parts and I, I, don't, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't see him that way. I feel like, as I had my Instagram binge of his performances, I'm just like, I think that he should just go back on the stage, continue to perform to thousands and thousands of screaming girls and um, guys who love him. And just stick to the music because he's not... I don't see him as an actor. Do you know how we were talking about the other week about people who have it and people who don't have it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We need to do it up there. And another pop culture needs to do that. Um, I don't think Harry Styles has it when it comes to acting. I think I need to watch him in a film. I don't think he has I, it. I, he may not have it, but I think this, he has a presence. He doesn't. He doesn't think he has a presence at no. all. That scene with him and Florence Pugh that, like, leaked... Or leaked is a part of the trailer, whatever. Yeah. His voice, the way he yeah, moves I, on screen, he doesn't have it. I honestly the thought twinkle never... that you need yeah. in your eye, he doesn't have it. Florence Pugh, she has it. it. Yeah. But she's an actress. I know, but she she's only in as many things that she's in because she has yeah. it. There are people who are actors who will get paid and make a, a decent amount of money as actors. What was his, what was the guy we were talking about last in the last time? Um, we were talking not, about Love Island actually, and no, we were saying that that girly doesn't have it. Yeah, the host who no longer is. Yeah, we will die to existence. We'll, by we'll the way, we will talk about that. We will talk about that. We made time. that happen. We will talk about that in another time. Um, what was? Oh, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't Charlie. No, he does have it. Who's the other guy? The guy Ray. we were talking about. No, the, we were talking about someone who he was in. Um, it was in Girls. Not in Girls. Um, he was in Dune. And the guy I was like, I really like him. Timothy Chalamet? No, no, not him. Oscar Isaac? Oscar Isaac, he's, no, he's got it. He's got it, that's what I was saying. Like, yeah, yeah, so, and you were saying about guys, a guy, an actor who, he just picks really good films and it's because he has it, it doesn't need to be in everything. Yeah. He just has this presence about him. Oh, maybe, I don't know if it's this person, because, okay, but this is not. the person I've been thinking about. Okay, but I think about, when I think about someone who has it, but, they don't need to be everywhere, but they just two, have it. Two people who have it who make bad choices though, and make you think that they don't have it. Go on. Idris Elba. Yes. And Tom Hardy. Yeah. They both have it yeah. and they make terrible yeah, decisions. Choices. Tom Hardy. Honestly. He is king, he is daddy. I don't know. Idris what... Elba. He's king, he's daddy. Yeah. They Idris... make such bad, bad choices I would sometimes. say Idris is one of those, he's like, he had, he had a moment where he was on it, he was Luther on came it. came out and Luther people couldn't, couldn't stop, stop talking it. about it. It was Luther, and he, you know, he started with the Wire. He's had so many. Brilliant. His his IMDb is incredible. Beast of No Nation. However, the most recent stuff. Brilliant. What, really? Beast. Yeah, sorry, Beast of No Nation. Good. Beast. I haven't watched that, and I saw the I've trailer. not heard a single good thing about yeah. that. The trailer alone was making me worried because I just don't like the idea of a black family running away from lions. <laughs> I was thinking that black family that went on a safari. What are you talking about? That's never happened. <laughs> If you are a black family that went on safari, please comment. I don't think it's possible. <laughs> Why am I flying all the way to Africa? I think, do you know what? I will acknowledge this. I, I have family in Africa. Yeah. So if I'm going to Africa, I'm going somewhere specific. 
if for some reason I was like, do you know what? Let's go on safari. I think my actual African family would be like, no. <laughs> so would, why not? I would love to go and see, like, maybe as someone who was born and raised in the UK, we no, don't see a lot of animals no. apart from like I don't want to go on safari. I don't, I've so, been to the zoo. I'm all right. No. But and also at the zoo, those animals look so sad. Yeah, I want to go and see them in the wild. Not not too much, not too much in the wild though. Not I saw wild. a TikTok once where um, these people went to see, went on a safari and there was bear monkeys and the monkeys tore their car up. The monkeys ripped their windows, ripping, wi- they ripping no. off their windows, okay, yeah. ripping off the windshield wipers. I, they were aggressive. No, I, I want to go to like an elephant sanctuary where they're just like roaming and just, you know, you can feed them like carrots and stuff. I did want to do that. And then I saw that episode of The Crown where they where there's an elephant and it's going wild. And I was like, oh, elephants <laughs> get crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, if you, if you, you know, look at them the wrong way. <laughs> Personally, I don't need to go on a safari. Yeah. But going back to the fact that Idris, oh. Idris has it. He just has the wrong choices or the wrong team behind him, because I I do think he I actually sh- knows team quite well. Um, so Idris and they don't has, have it. Yeah. <laughs> so Idris does have it. It's just it's just the choices that have not been it. Idris, if you're listening to this, let us make decisions yeah. for you. We <laughs> could be better agents too. I'm gonna be honest. You are you are prestige. Like you yeah. should be doing. Shakespeare, yeah, what the hell? Yeah, like your prestigious, yeah. like black British actor. We don't have that many of those anymore. Also, we're I losing mean, them every damn day. Yeah, true. Also, yes, yeah, so sad. There's well, so few of yeah. you of us, of all of oh, us. Yeah. yeah, but also I feel like maybe it's it's time for you to be writing your own thing. Anyway, I'm just gonna just move on to the fact that anyway, I- we stand by. We one day we'll do an episode that's solely about people who have it and people who don't. Yeah, yeah. I and think it's a, it'll be an interesting conversation. Idris and Tom Hardy on our list of people who have it who um, make bad I don't decisions. know about Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy has it. Have you seen Locke? No. What's the one that he did? Um, the um, Twins. Legend. Yeah, I watched Legend. I watched that the other day. Very I was, recently. And yeah, I was like... I was like nah. No, I thoroughly enjoyed that film. I think he's... That's the only it was thing very enjoyable. Yeah, I don't but think for it, comical I don't reasons, it wasn't like... A, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like deep acting. It's not like his Oscar but performance. there's something about him... Yeah, because he's attractive, but I don't. No, I think there's. I think there's. I think it's more than that. I think there's a glint in his. Eye. Like, first of all, I would say watch Locke, because that's a film exactly. where it's just him and a car for like an hour and a half. I don't think I have that kind of time. No, seriously, watch it. It's very good, and he's very like he. It's very engaging. He's able to carry. Okay. Um, I've just watched um Venom. Okay. Yeah. Which, <laughs> arguably, is a question mark, question mark, question mark <laughs> film. If I'd if I'd script edited that film, it would have been very good. Okay. I will say that now. Uh, but tonally, it felt like the film, the filmmakers and the scriptwriters were not in the same yeah. room. Anyway, Most likely, those things usually happen anyway. I'm imagining that film yeah. should should have been completely awful. And I think the only thing that saved it was that, like he was trying so damn hard. Yeah, like he was really in it. And I I will say this about Tom Hardy when he's in a film, when he's in something, he's in it. I feel like he's like he gives me that Kristen Bell type of thing. Like he he looks like he will like lose that a hundred pounds. <laughs> To make that I mean, he put on all yeah. that weight for. Well, to be fair, he did use steroids, but he put on all that weight <laughs> to play Bane. He said that. That's what. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he said that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't see it with him as much, but I don't. I haven't watched enough with him. Um, I was on a whole like Tom Hardy kick really, recently. Yeah. I really like Tom Hardy, and I was like, oh, but I haven't seen that many things of him. And, and then I was like, right, I'm gonna sit down and try and watch more of his yeah. disco. No, that's I'm talking about filmography. Filmography. Yeah. I'm gonna say discography. Right. Yeah, because he did all the soundtracks. If you had a couple of albums, I mean, he, again, Idris also went into music. 
So back to so the back, back to Harry, back to back to musicians who are trying to go into acting, which is a reverse of what I was yeah. trying to say. Um, I don't know. I need to watch. Actually, watch something with Harry Styles. Watch Dunkirk. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that was I'm what he was in. That. Yeah, that was. I, I kept on confusing with another. Film. I will not watch a single World War Two film. I'd, it's not my. The two films bag. on my back blacklist are World War Two films, slavery films. I'm not watching those. You no, know, slavery films are hard. I mean, I, can't I, watch I, I remember when I watched um, Toby as a slave on a plane to New York. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was crying. It's in been in my watch list for really? almost five years. I was it's crazy. I was in tears. And the thing is, it was, it was just, it was a bit too hard because I was like, this is because our people went to America and I'm on this plane going yeah, to America. Yeah, on my way to, on my way to my end, they're going to make me a slave. I'm not going to make it home. Um, but I also 100% understand why Lupita got the Oscar. But on Harry Styles. Let's, yeah, let's get to that. Let's just talk about Harry Styles. I, oh, yeah. I know where we were. We were talking about Chris Pine. Chris Pine, the whole press circuit has seemed very much over it, right? Yeah. Um, people have been using him as a meme. It's all been very funny. Um, it sort of, you fit into two camps. Harry Styles is sort of the dumb ingenue who's like, wow, I'm having a great time. Also, I'm fucking the director, so I have to say great things about the film. And Chris Pine seems a bit like, I signed up to do this movie and it's turned into a whole circus. But then at the premiere, there was a video of... <laughs> Harry Styles, Chris Pine has already sat down. Harry Styles comes in, he sort of nods towards mm. Chris. Chris Pine, yeah. and then he sits down. And Twitter and the internet decided that what he'd done is spat on Chris Pine. <laughs> wild. <laughs> wild, wild. But when I tell you the amount of tweets and people just going along with the lie, like, it doesn't look like he spits on no. Chris Pine at all, but just people... Buying into this idea that he spat on Chris Pine has been so enjoyable for me. Is uh, no, have you seen the one where they throw the goats? The so goats. Funny. That's so yeah. funny. But I think the reason why it looked like he was spitting on him, when you know he wasn't, was the fact was the fact um, that both their reactions told a very clear story of how they feel about each other. Yeah. Firstly, Harry Styles could not even like like even um, muster a smile when he was looking at Chris. He wasn't even looking at Olivia, mind no. you. Olivia was there looking I've at, heard. Olivia looked, was looking so happy when she saw Harry, but... So I'll come back to this, yeah. but I've heard that there's trouble in Paradise yeah. through that. Yeah. I, I mean, I wasn't... I wouldn't have been surprised. But, I, yeah, Harry doesn't even muster a smile to Chris. He's not even sitting next to Olivia, so that also, again, goes back to your point. And then Chris, the minute Harry sits down or the moment standing of, over him, standing over him, and the moment that he thinks that he's bad, he's clapping, he's clapping, and then he stops, and then he does this smile, that smile of like, I can't believe that. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, who does this dickhead think he is? Or just even the fact of like, almost like a joke to himself, like he's having like an internal like laugh inside, like, oh wow, what am I doing? Like, why am I here? Kind of thing. Yeah. And I think people, he said that it was because he was thinking about where his sunglasses were. And yeah, I, so I saw And I've watched that video too many times and I don't believe it. it I think it makes sense. But the thing is, I was watching him when when Harry was walking up to the seat and he was holding his glasses. So he was holding his glasses. Then I don't oh, okay, know where it like, ended up it's being. It's on his lap. Then he goes onto his lap and then he goes into the middle of his seat where in between his legs. Yeah. And then he looks down and he sees the sunglasses and then he's like, oh. Wait. Yeah, so the theory was that he's clapping, the sunglasses are between his legs, Hank comes over, he looks down, he sees the sunglasses, he stops clapping to be like, oh, that's where they were the whole time. Yeah. 
I mean, it, and then it, he picks up the sunglasses. It's no, it's most likely true, but I just think because the reaction was so like was so obvious and almost a bit relatable. Yeah. But also matched that with Harry's reaction, you could really piece that story together that like, this yeah. guy is spat because also Harry's Harry opened his mouth as well. He also like moved his mouth in a way that looked like he did a bit of a side kind of, So everything but, really. You have a really strong story. If he had spat, it was the tiniest spit. Like, if someone's like, going to spit on someone, they're probably the, going to spit on them. Like, I wanted to see the whole, like, 3D phlegm action fall into him, and that did not happen. Also, it doesn't... It, it's not clear. In the sort of drama between, like, Jason Sudeikis, Florence Pugh, Olivia Wilde, Harry Styles, how Chris Pine fits into yeah, exactly. it. That Harry Styles would spit on Chris Pine. Yeah, unless, like... Unless like, what did Oli- Chris Pine do? Unless Olivia and Chris were doing other things. I'm not seeing any of this stuff. I'm not even going to put allegedly because... This that, is all speculation. That is all absolutely speculation. But... I like, said to somebody, well, when we were talking about this during the week, I said, I want to live in a world where Harry Styles did spit on Chris Pine. That's the world I want to live in. I want to live in a world where, like, whatever drama is happening on this film is, like, so blown out of proportion that they are spitting on each other in Venice Beach. Venice Beach, sorry, Venice <laughs> Film Festival. I mean, if they were doing it in Venice Beach, it must be another thing. In Venice Film Festival. The, 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 like, moment online, I've never felt such, like, a sense of community, a sense of us yeah. coming together. I, it felt like a lockdown when people were doing little quizzes or playing Wordle, yeah. you know? It felt like that. Just suddenly everyone was posting like their jokes about Chris Pine and Harry Styles. And then to top it all off, Harry, Harry Styles played Madison Square Gardens yeah. last week. And, the, uh... and he was like, hi everyone, it's so nice to be back on stage where I belong. Just had to jet off last week to Venice to, to spit on Chris Pine. Which I think is so funny. Yeah, I think, do you know what? It's, I think it's a, it's a great way to not say anything. I and love also, it. I and, love that he's leaning into the joke. Uh, yeah, I love exactly. that he's seen it. I love that he's like, what the hell is this? And then instead of being like, I can't believe everybody is like, do you know what? Sorry. Yeah, that's just going back to the point about Harry has it on stage. I yeah, think I think he has I it on stage. I would love to see him I think he's live. the most confident when he's on stage. On stage and you can see it, like, again, going through, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to deny it and I'm not ashamed of it. It was about an hour long Instagram binge of like reels, just like seeing him perform. He does have an enigma. He does have something in his eye when he's performing. I need to see that on screen. I haven't seen it because I haven't watched any of his stuff. But he does have it. I don't know. Like, I want to agree with you, but I just really feel like Liam Payne was the star of One Direction. He, he was at the beginning because he was the Liam most known. Liam was the one who has it. But even if Liam Payne had the voice, Harry still had the face. <laughs> I'm saying, when I say this, I only mean, like, the, the, the interview that Liam Payne did about how One Direction was built around him. I, and then they showed the actual clip no, from X Factor I know. where they put yeah, One Direction together and it wasn't built around him at all. Yeah. He's iconic. <laughs> I think he is the most delusional person I've ever no, seen. No, I do think... And I, I really enjoy I, how I, problematic he is. I know. I mean, but I do think Harry Styles is the star of No, that. he was, yeah. I know. Zayn was almost a star. Zayn was, yeah. No, I do think that Liam... Actually, if you think about it, Liam had the strongest voice. And do you know what? That's the best place to be. I love that. He's made he's made all his money from One Direction. He has done some music, but you know. He's a chill dude. He's chilled. He's done a couple he's like he's like mates with James Corden. He's like hosted the James like the James Corden show. Weird. Um yeah, but he's he's done some stuff. Does but now have it. Now doesn't have it, but no. now is doing his now has enough to not have to have it, you know? 
full stop. But I think what with Liam, when because I watched that series on X Factor, Liam had the most talent. He could sing the best out of all the guys. But I think when they were as a group, it became very clear who became the biggest stars, and that was Harry and that was Zayn. Because Zayn would take the bridge and always knew how to carry that song. And Harry had the face and the floppy hair. And he they was... put Zayn in it because they thought Zayn was hot. Zayn was hot. So was Harry. I don't think anyone in One Direction was hot. I knew Harry was. I don't think they were. That's just me personally. But we also, I also, it goes to point, point we were a bit older than them. Yeah, that's what I mean. That like, was it a just big thing. didn't do anything yeah. for me. And like, yeah. Harry Styles should be my type, but is not for some reason. Yeah. Like, there's something about him that I'm like, I think it's because he's northern. Do you think that Harry Styles spat on Chris Pine? Obviously, he did not. He did not. Now ask me the question. Do you think that Harry Styles? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I think that Harry Styles cares too much about his image to spill anyway. I think Harry Styles spat on him. And I think they had a phone call afterwards and they're like, everybody knows what I did. Let's play it off as a joke. And Chris Pine said, I don't care about this. And Harry Styles says, I do, okay, because my reputation matters, you dumb, blonde bitch. And he hung up the phone and then he went to Madison Square Gardens. He was like, hey, everyone. <laughs> I may, I may just, not spit on Chris Pine. It's like, what I, a big deal. I just think that Harry is just too... Like, oh, Chris Pine is like 100% too big for this nonsense. And Harry Styles, if I was him, and I was like his agent or part of his... Or in charge of his career, I would say step back from this film. As soon as this film or the press is done, quietly break up with Olivia and move on with your life. Okay, follow-up question. Do you think that story about Liam Payne where he says that one of the boys in One Direction grabbed him up and then he said to them, if you put your hands on me, you'll never use your hands again. Do you think it was Harry Styles? Wait, I didn't know that story existed. Oh yeah, that was part of the interview. Was that, oh, I actually need to listen to that interview. Um, okay, we'll come back to it oh, yeah, if you don't know. Go and listen no, to the no, interview. No, I listen to the interview. It's but important I, I was going to say, I've all the, I mean, perfect understanding. People think it's Zane. No, I feel like all the guys that would. I feel like he's either Harry or someone like quiet, like I think it's like a Louis Harry or Niles. <laughs> <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, all speculative. All my well, according to Liam, someone grabbed him up. He just didn't say who. No, he I didn't. think I think based so on so you have we, to think about who he who, who it is that he couldn't say who it was. Yeah, we Harry or Zane. It's Harry or Zane. Yeah, I think it's Harry. I think I don't think he would say if it was any of the guys. No, but he he was as he was a hero. Because he said yeah. to them, if you put your hands on me and never use them hands again. I was like, there's a high chance, that's the phrase. Do you there's a high chance for it be using them hands again. Do you again. think that Liam could actually take Zane or Harry? No, yeah. I think Liam I think Liam was scared for his life when he got he grabbed up. And he's yeah. lying and he told us that that's what he said yeah, by the time. He's like, let go of me. No, I, <laughs> I'll tell my mum if you do this to me. I'm going to tell Cheryl. That's what he did. I think that he's not scared of Harry, but no, he's not scared of Harry then. He's, he's not scared of Niall. He's scared of Harry now. But he's not scared of Niall. He's not scared of Niall and he's not scared of Louis. No, he's not. So it has to so be Zayn or Harry. Harry. But I just can't imagine Zayn doing that. I can imagine Zayn grabbing someone up. Didn't he fight Gigi Hadid's <laughs> mum or something? Yeah, he did. I feel like if it was Zayn, Liam would have said because at that point, yeah, Zayn's, Zayn's social capital was down. Yeah, yeah. It's Harry. Yeah, it's probably. I think Harry Also, but based on like. He got his hot, his hot, his northern temper got hot and he, and he had to put hands on him. That's what happened. He said, where am I from? We put hands on lads. Okay, listen, lad. Yeah, put your hands on me. Wait, when you say grab him, do you mean grab him or Grabbed grab him? Grabbed him by the throat, oh, push him up against the wall, he said. Meant, meant no, grab grabbed him, him up. Okay. That's grabbed him up, he oh. said. Oh. I just can't imagine Harry's doing that. I, I think that, Harry that's has to upper me, body strength that, to lift him up no, off the floor. I, yeah. 
<laughs> I think that's Niall. I think that's Niall. That you just think Niall grabbed him up? Yeah, I think I think he's one of those like silent. Nah, I don't think Niall's grabbing people up like I think that. He has his I think Niall's going. Watch your mouth. Nah, and he's. I feel like Niall's leaving the room if he gets hot. I don't think he's staying in the room to grab you. Maybe. Person who I think would lose their call is Zayn. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Or Harry. Maybe it's Louis. Maybe <laughs> we're sleeping <laughs> exactly, on Louis. Maybe exactly. it's Louis. We like, is really he also a northern, northern boy? I Three think northern all the boys. Yeah, I think. Or one of them, apart from Niall. I know Zayn. Harry. Zayn is northern. Zayn, Harry, Louis. and Louis and Liam all from the north. Oh, I thought Liam was southern. No. Yeah. Okay. Northern is boys. it? I don't know. They should be called. They, yeah, they work with One Direction. Up Can north. I explain? <laughs> I think anywhere outside of London is the north. No, you see. Apart from like for Dorset, someone, for someone that Wales, lives, that's Wales. I think anything up north of like the Cotswolds is north. Isn't that? Isn't that? Out, yeah, but that's up from London, isn't it? Yeah, but that's still like basically anything up north of like. I think Somerset, everywhere else. Somerset is north. No, I don't know where that is. Midlands. That's yeah, Midlands. I don't know where that is. Yeah, that, that, if you live near Leeds. That's not no. That's a bit too north. Birmingham is even more southern. South that's Midlands. That's oh yeah, that is. That's the Midlands. That Bristol. That's Midlands. Basically, it's anything that's different from a London accent. That's what literally if you live north from me. <laughs> if, you if you live, you live in, if you even live in North London, if you live in North London, you're North London. If you're Enfield, you're London. You're North London. <laughs> <laughs> <Northern. laughs> we live in Tottenham. You're North London. No, I think it's just um, yeah. It's a very interesting take. And go listen to that interview will, and then yeah. let me know who you we'll think because I really think now I think it was based on the spitting I think it was <laughs> Harry. it was Harry if it's um, not Harry it's saying if it's not I, saying I, I think, think it's Louis yeah. I think Niles at the bottom at the moment which means maybe it was Niles no I just I have a feeling that Niles has something in him no I feel like Niles like do you know what these, these English lads are trying to get to me yeah. and we've been at war for too long for me <laughs> to, 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 to rise to this bay I'm not going to do it poor Niles being stuck in this band of all these England yeah true England Englanders, English English guys <laughs> Englanders Englanders no um, I will say that Harry's a very delicate part of his career at the moment, especially from an acting perspective. And I would just be very, very mindful of what, sh- what projects he takes on from an acting perspective. Because there's too much drama surrounding this film. And the fact that the film isn't good, it just doesn't... It's icing on top of the cake. Okay, I will say, I've heard that the film's not great, but I've heard that Florence Pugh is brilliant. Yeah, I think for, for Florence, I think it's probably going to be very good for her. Um, you know, there, there have been other, like, controversies around actresses who have been able to kind of rise from it. But it's I not, just... I don't think it's a controversy that serves her badly No, that's the thing. No, I think for Olivia, maybe yes. Um, for Harry, just by association, it's not great. Shia LaBeouf has always been contra- controversial. He's, like, yeah, leaned into it. Yeah, I think casting Shia yeah, LaBeouf cut, in He's hard, well. yeah. He's, I think he's a, he's probably a very, very good actor. F- actor. Him and FK Twigs are about to go to court. For what? FK took accused him of domestic violence. Oh my gosh. Oh, She's about wow. to go to court. Wow. Their wow. Case is, her case is about to wow. start. So he's just, he's, he's problematic. That was before All this. she would have, yeah. So it's, it's, he's a very problematic actor in general. Chris Such Pine. A shame. Yeah, exactly. Even Stevens. Even now, you always nobody would have anticipated it. No. That. Even when he had that moment where he was like, just do it or whatever, everyone was just like, he Transformers. became. Transformers. He was like, he was like the main star and then became like comical, but then now he's just like. Rip. Yeah. Shia LaBeouf. Chris Shia Pine. LaBeouf, Ezra Miller, 
Damn. No. All those little white boys who started off acting too young, problematic much, AF. Yeah. We have to get them. We have to get rid of them. Yeah. Chris Pine, I think, just go back to Marvel. Daniel yeah. Radcliffe, still going strong. We must protect oh, him. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. Daniel Radcliffe. We must protect him. But what Daniel Radcliffe did is just been very tactical about what he chose. And also, he just enjoys his money. Because he doesn't I have think to... He's been, he, I feel like he was very lucky because, obviously, his mum was a casting director. So it's not like he was the first person in his family to do what he did yeah i wonder if that's helpful yeah probably so anyway the moral of the story is don't dip your pen in the company script <laughs> that's a harry style that's just the harry styles but also like... don't fuck your boss i feel like that's the rule everywhere <laughs> all of us have jobs all of us know not to fuck our bosses literally all of us know that <laughs> at none of my workplaces have i been like oh i might fuck my no <laughs> Don't even fuck your colleagues. Don't do it. Don't fuck your colleagues. Don't fuck your boss, first of all. Yeah. If you have to fuck a colleague, please pick one that's like not a subordinate. Pick them, the, the one that is 3,000 floors away. Not a subordinate. Not a subordinate in any sense of the words. close to being your boss in any Let way. Let them work in an office in another country. <laughs> Ideally, don't fuck someone <laughs> you work with. Full stuff. But um, I think... You know, it's been very interesting to talk about Don't Worry, Darling. We've, we've given this film more airtime than it probably should yeah, ever I got. I think we are on here right now. This is the most we will talk about this film. I don't yeah, think we'll ever see no, it. I don't think we're going to see it now. No, we will not be seeing this film. Um, but I desperately want to see it now. I, um, yeah, kind of want to, but I, kind of, I would want to watch it on the streaming platform. I don't, I don't have any yeah, interest to watch it. I'm, <laughs> like Harry Styles wants us to watch it in the cinema. In the cinema with, with popcorn. popcorn. I'm deeply confused because I still don't know what this film is supposed to be about. No. And if it's going to be something like Malcolm and Marie or The Marriage Story, again, I'll watch on the show. I've never seen Malcolm and Marie. I haven't watched it either, no. I've watched um, Marriage Story. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. Adam Driver is in Marriage Story. That's why it's good. No, it's not just that. I think there's a great dynamic. It's a great story. Also, Scarlett Johansson's brilliant. I don't think also I had... Like, Malcolm and Marie, Marie, I got the gist. I love Zendaya. But I don't have the energy to watch people argue for I also don't... I don't... I don't buy the idea that... Denzel Washington's son and Zendaya have met in any universe. She's like 18 years old and that's his wife. It doesn't, she's not old enough to be anyone's wife. No. Well, Tom Harvey may disagree. Tom Holland may disagree. I think we've we've exhausted the drama about Don't Worry Darling enough. It's time to dig into a real drama. Something that we can worry about. No. We shouldn't worry about. We shouldn't worry about that. Don't but are you worried? It'll be interesting to dig into it. No. We're talking about mood. Yeah. Mood is a six-part drama on BBC. It's eight. It's eight. Oh. You know it's six. Are you sure about Yeah, because I watched it all six episodes. Okay. Because I will also have my commentary about how I know it was six episodes. Um, so this is on iPlayer. Yeah. It's, it was created by Nicole Lecky, who wrote, starred, and produced... She wrote and started in it. Yeah, she wrote she did the music as well. Okay, yes, yeah. Uh, and it's based on a stage play of hers. It's, it's not based on a true story. It's based on a stage play of hers. Okay. So it's very similar. Which used to be called Super Ho. Oh. Yeah. It's very, a very similar kind of story to like Chewing Gum, which started on a stage, or Fleabag that started on the stage and then end up going to screen. Um, I think that's where the similarities end. <laughs> and they're all about women yes, that's another similarity yes it's all about women but also this yes yeah, so this story follows Sasha yes who is a 25 year old wannabe singer rapper 
as she navigates the alluring world of social media, um, as she tries to start her career as a budding um, musician. musician. Um, and yeah. It, I have an issue immediately. Yes. I don't think she should have been 25. Is it because she didn't look 25? No, no, no. I actually think her behaviour for a 25-year-old was on... A po- like, on... Like, I found it really hard to, to, to relate to her. Yeah. Like, being 25, in that first episode, she should have been much 18. younger than 25. Because yeah, her behaviour was wild. Yeah. Um, actually, before we talk about the actual show, I do have a gripe. Yes, it's a gripe. So there definitely was six episodes. And I have ended up watching all six. Usually, at least one of us watches the full series and then the other either watches the first episode and whatever. But I end up, when I was watching it, end up watching the, the final episode first because of BBC iPlayer. And I have my big yeah, write about let's, BBC let's iPlayer. Write about BBC iPlayer. <laughs> I support you in this. Yeah, I don't know what is with the whole interface that when you are trying to search for a new title or a new show, you end up watching the last episode first if you're not paying attention, which I wasn't. I'm going to be honest, I wasn't paying attention. I literally just pressed play and the first episode that came up was what I end up finding out probably about 15 minutes in was the finale. Um, and it started with this amazing, beautiful choral moment in the church. And I was like, wow, this is a great way to start a series. And then things started to get revealed. And I was like, wait, this news or this narrative seems a bit too quick and also doesn't make sense because they're talking about things that I assume that I should know. Um, which includes things that I probably want to put a trigger warning on because there's some there's some things that are probably kind of mm-hmm. a trigger for listeners. Um, things around like sexual abuse, things about um, sexual assault, sexual assault, and also like even social media bullying, and that's that that type of thing. Those are the type of things of the series that I would have been able to build up on or understand more of if I had watched from episode one. However, iPlayer did not give me that choice and just told me, haha, watch the last episode. So yeah. I think there's a massive issue with the interface in general that they're not able to actually one, I was gonna say promote the series, but actually- No, it's true, well, they can't, but, I stand by that. But to um, actually present the show in a way that viewers should be able to watch it from beginning to end. I don't wanna be like Adele about the whole like ordering of content, but this is a very simple thing of a TV series that you should be able to present your series that starts from the beginning and finishes at the end and not the other way around. I agree with you. I um, I think the issue with BBC iPlayer is that they will um, present you to the, the most recent episode. Yeah. And if they upload the entire series to iPlayer, yeah. the most recent episode is episode six. So you will start at the end of the series. Or they won't, you'll like a program and they yeah. won't tell you it's come back. And then they will recommend the very last episode. Because yeah. that happened to me about Inside Number Nine. Yeah. There have been six episodes, all six episodes were on iPlayer. Yeah. And the first episode I saw was episode six. And I was so confused. Yeah. And then I went, wait a minute. This feels like a weird episode to open the season on. Yeah. Turned out there were five more episodes. So I was like, well, wow. what the hell's happened here? So people see iPlayer, you need to sort yourself out. It is not fun. I think no, no um, streamer has figured out their interface like Netflix has. No. I just don't know what the no. problem is. Yeah. Everybody else is confused. Yeah. Channel 4 is not too bad. Yeah. It's just the ads. Unless, just you, the unless, ads. unless you pay for it. Yeah, the think. actual interface is okay, actually. Yeah, yeah. But everything else, Prime, 
Disney, like Disney Plus won't show you your, like watch this episode next. You have to go onto your premium. Oh no. Like it's a whole thing. I just don't like it. Yeah. It's just, it's just definitely not seamless. And no. I hate to say it, we're reviewing a show and we're talking about the actual products and nothing to do with the show, but it actually really is important, especially now that we're not watching live TV like it is, like it was before. Yeah. Loads of these shows, especially when they're promoted, are just thrown onto the streaming platform. Your streaming platform has to do the job of really selling your show. And if I was a, a you know a normal layman and we weren't talking about um, this show, I would have probably clicked out of the show and been like, well, this doesn't make sense, and just been like, cool, I'm done. It's just it it was it was a really poor experience for someone who was just introduced to this new show. So Mood opened the like relaunch of BBC Three. It was okay. one of their first flagship like yeah. dramas. Yeah. And so I do think there's probably a bunch of people that got to watch it in real time. Yeah. Um, BBC Three, however, is uh, like, well, I guess now everybody has free view and so you can get access to something like yeah. that. But like the premium channel. And the other thing is like, the relaunch of BBC Three feels really misguided to me. No. Like, I wouldn't have spent money on that. The money they're spending on that, they could yeah. spend on better Best dramas. Way. The money they spent on closing, they closed BBC Three, I don't know how many years ago, five, six years ago. A while ago, I feel like it was almost what, 10. Yeah. I feel like when I was at uni, there was no BBC Three. No, there was. They, they clo- I mean, they closed it while. Oh, we went to uni at different times because I'm much younger than you. <laughs> I'm actually gonna be young, so I don't know about you, but I went to uni at, like two years ago. You're actually a joker, <laughs> absolute joker. You were there going, I want to be in the 60s. No, <laughs> I do, but like, I also went to uni two years ago. We're just gonna ignore um, money because all I'm gonna say is this um, you know, age equals maturity. But all <laughs> but no, is always, it, no it's always. Not, is it not a fact that I'm younger than you? By a few months, you're there. 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 Do you think, I mean, I mean, usually, when it was positioned, it was supposed to be 18, actually, it was like millennial, 18 to 24 was, that was their kind of, I don't know. Yeah, so but then I also feel out, like, yeah. so, on the one hand, I think it, she's too old, it's, it's, it's too old a show, but then on the other, I feel like, I was talking to my sister about this, and when my sister was watching Skins, yeah, which is about six more years, yeah. she would have been like 12 or 13, which is arguably too young <laughs> to watch Skins, yeah. but like... <laughs> There is a correlation between yeah. like younger people watching watch the show. Like when stuff, I watched, yeah. started watching Gossip Girl, they're 16, 17. I would have been 14. Yeah. You know, so like you are a little bit younger. So it makes sense that like maybe you put it on BBC Three. It's about 25 year old, but you could be 23 yeah. or yeah. 18. It could be any age really to watch it and be like, oh yeah, this no, is I relate with this. Well, maybe, maybe. Um, the only thing I was going to say was. Um, had it or would it have felt older if it was with another actress i.e with like a emerging or youngest i just think that being the age of 25 living in your mom's house and having an attitude about living in your mom's house is very weird to me 
I can say as someone who was 25 and living at my mum's house that actually, no, I wasn't like her. Yeah, but were you being ungrateful for no, living no, in your no, mum's house? No. Also, please, you had a job. This girl didn't have a job. She's living in her mum's house for free, smoking in the house where nobody yeah. had asked her to. She had an attitude all the time. And I think her relationship with her mum and her whiteness yeah. is interesting. Yeah. Actually, I was like, oh, we've never really explored that and idea of what it's like to be mixed race and grow up in a household where everyone's white or even yeah. to be mixed race and grow up in a household where everyone's black, how that must make you feel. That wasn't tapped into they that They barely all. touched no. on that. And I was really hoping we'd get more based on that first episode where she's got this beef with her mum and her stepdad and her sister, yeah. that there would be a conversation about like, yeah. why do I feel so different from the rest of you? Like, what is it about me that doesn't fit into this like perfect yeah. picturesque family. But the problem is her attitude gets in the way. Yeah. And they're the sort of like drama of her boyfriend. Like, you don't really... Actually, you don't even get to know anything about the boyfriend. Probably maybe from episode one, you kind of... You see that they were together, they had sex. That and was she loved him. And she loved him. That was all... Yeah, like, no, they didn't bother to explain why she needs to get back with him. Or why they even... Oh, yeah, they explained why they, she broke up, but... yeah. It was, to me, I forgot that she was supposed to be 25 because I, in my head, that was the music. I was feeling that she was like early 20s. I had this very similar issue with um, everything I know about love. I thought that everyone was a bit too old for their behavior. But I just think with her and her, her character, I think she was supposed to be portrayed as someone a bit immature and you were supposed to see this growth in her. Yeah, no, she definitely felt immature. I wouldn't say she didn't feel yeah. immature. Yeah. I just felt like for the age that you're at, you shouldn't be this immature. Yeah. I was talking to someone today about girls and they're 24 at the beginning of girls, actually. Wow. And the issue in that is that her parents are paying her phone bill. Yeah. yeah. And that she wants to find a job, but she wants What's to write. Job? But all her friends have jobs. No, they all did, yeah. I Shoshana mean, is in university. Money has a job and yeah. Jessica comes back and she has a job. Yeah. So it's not the norm that like people are 25 years old not yeah. working. Yeah. It's very much you're meant to feel like Hannah is a little bit like this dream of writing is stopping her from like do actually, actually taking care life. of herself yeah. and like, yeah, doing yeah. life. In this, it kind of felt like, oh, it's normal for a 25 year old to be driving around with her her weed dealer. Yeah, I really wish it was a bit of backstory as to why yeah, no, that bit didn't really no. make sense. The weed dealer stuff, I felt, was really yeah. light touch. Yeah. In terms of, like, I don't know. You have that moment, right, at the end of episode one where she could call people that she cares about, but then she decides not to. Yeah. And I feel like that part of her character, in terms of who she is as a person, that she doesn't want to ask for help, that I all bought. Mm. But it was the, like, the initial thing, the steps that led to her getting kicked out of home. That I was like, yeah. I just... I don't know if I really buy this at 25. If she was 18 or 19 and was like, I want to become a singer, I probably would have bought it a bit more. But yeah, I think, actually talking of a show that had a very similar premise at the beginning, but we'll go into some of the more like bigger issues that come out throughout the series, but something that had a very similar premise in terms of like an up and coming musician trying to make it big was Rap Shit by Insuray. Um, I know someone who's watching that. Yeah. Um, Rap Shit. And they really like it but yeah, I actually enjoyed it because it, the, the premise at the beginning had a very similar idea where this up and coming well rapper in the sense she's trying to make it big her raps are supposed to be more kind of socially conscious social justice type of rapping but 
she's not really been able to break break into the industry and so she goes down this more like city girls stripper culture lifestyle to who make it big producers. who are the producers and then also i think let's be honest the story is kind of based around them yeah it's a bit weird I, i'm genuinely curious as yeah. to what came first the idea or the like city girls attachment because it's so convenient yeah, isn't it it is because i remember isa ray sorry this is such a tangent but isa ray was saying that she had she was writing the series so i'm assuming that she was writing actually i don't even know yeah i don't know i remember I know. hearing about their attachment yeah. and being like but isa ray had been going into to music with like radio and things like that so home um production uh, home music label but yeah it's a, it's a side it's a side point to say that this type of story is not like original in sense that no. there's other things that the other um, music style dramas of like up and coming artists the thing what makes this interesting with mood is because one of course is british but also um the fact that that she kind of goes into sex work yeah and that story well i her. guess people could argue that stripping is sex work but That's like true. what strip work what sex work looks like in the uk yeah exactly so what ends up happening is she goes into what well, initially what started off where she meets this girl i mean it's not very clear like the connection she had with this girl apart from like part of the weed Driving yeah, I think what they did really well actually with their relationship is showing them way that you get you can get groomed into something like that. Yeah. Like it's very gradual. It's like come in and be my assistant. Yeah. Oh, you know, I'm making so much money, so you know, you think, well, I can do what you do because yeah. I'm your assistant. And then suddenly you set yourself up on your own, and it's yeah. like, oh, now we're going to do this stuff live, and it's yeah. like it's slightly different from when it was on cam, but it's not that different. Yeah. And then yeah, then you're getting paid to have sex with old men. Yeah. So that's basically what ends up happening. So she meets Carly, and then end up kind of falling into this world of initially like digital sex work you know like basically there was a cam lot of girl. yeah cam girl only fans or, or spoofs i loved all the spoofs they yeah. had like only fans or clara of um all these different kind of um brands that we know and love but they had to change of course for legal reasons and then eventually she like fell into prostitution and then towards the end, I think throughout this whole series, you were getting glimpses of her relationship to sex yeah. and also her, some of the breakdown that happened with her um, ex-boyfriend and why she had such a tense relationship with him. And that was relating to the boyfriend's brother who, um, I don't know, they didn't go into exactly what no, happened. No, he sexually assaulted her. Yeah. yeah. I feel like yeah. they were gay. They insinuated there was like a sexual assault. Yeah. With, the brother my big gripe yeah with the series yeah. is and i would love to speak to someone who actually is a sex worker but yeah. like whenever sex work is portrayed on tv it's always like the people that do sex work have very very complicated relationships with sex right mm. and it's always like i was abused in yeah. some way because even um carly yeah it's revealed that her brother is in fact her son and her dad was yeah. was abusing her and she had a child as a result. Oh, and then yeah. you have um, Sasha, whose boyfriend's brother raped her. And she kept that quiet for a really long time. When she eventually reveals it, her partner then turns on her and calls yeah. her a liar. And, it's, and then those are the two people working in sex work. And the, I feel like they even hint with the other girls that there's like a lot of insecurity, a lot of like stuff mm -hmm. going on. And I was like, 
I, I'm sure that that's a lot of people's stories, yeah. but there's something very reductive and dangerous about continuing to portray sex work as these are all broken women mm. who do sex work. It's like, I don't think that's the no. case, Some actually. Some of them actually choose to, to do that, and that's, that's the decision yeah. to make. And if, if there are people who make money selling pictures of their feet, yeah. which is to someone else's sexual gratification, yeah. but for them, it's just, here's a picture of my feet, yeah. and they are perfectly fine. They yeah. have a mum, they have a dad, they have a partner, yeah. they are happy. Yeah. And I, I feel like the narrative of like people who are prostitutes have been raped, or like people who do sex work have been abused is really detrimental yeah. to the community. And I was really surprised that that's the line it's that they went again, down yeah. in mood because it's not like a based on IP. Yeah. It's not like, well, it is, I guess it's based on her stage show, but what I mean is like, it's not based on something from like 1990 or two, like 1980 where you have to feel like you have to obey the the storyline that's been presented. Mm. I feel like you go, as you're building it, building the show, you go, actually, let's not have every single character in this be like deeply insecure because that's not what sex work is to everyone else. I would have interviewed a bunch of people who do sex work to try and give this sort of like fairy perspective and you can keep your central character having her story. If every single character is like, I got hit by a car and now I do sex work or I got shot in the face and now I do sex work. You're basically saying that the only people that do sex work are mentally ill to yeah. some extent. Yeah. And I, I don't, I just, I think that's so problematic. Yeah, I, I think because of the, the story and or how contained the story was, I think that they were very quick to just get to the quick, quick punches, the quick tropes. Yeah. To present that world. No. So I think as a viewer, you're supposed to feel like, Sasha, she leaves home. It's like the whole kind of like forgotten um, prodigal son type of thing or prodigal daughter type of um, analogy. She leaves home. Her life goes into complete turmoil. She goes into sex work, which in this in this case is like presented as the, the the worst possible place that she could be in and the worst possible like level of society. And then she meets um, what was the other woman? Is it the boyfriend's? No, her, it's her friend. Uh, the friend's mum. Yeah. She meets. She goes back. It's her boyfriend's neighbour. Okay, yeah. boyfriend's neighbour. Then she meets her, goes to church, has this kind of reborn moment, and then has peace or makes peace with the assault that she experienced as a child because she was she was basically yeah, she was she a kid, she was like kid yeah, and also making peace with her fear of music, her fear of performance, which I think is a big barrier for her to become the performer that she wants to be and then also kind of peace with her family peace with herself ultimately so that, that was kind of like the journey so yeah. that's why i feel like you know going back to sex work why i think that it was maybe a little bit lazily done and i did they didn't go into too much aspects of that world apart from like the parties that the the allure of money which yeah. i think is probably what people assume another assumption about sex work is like easy money all you have to do is have sex with this guy and you yeah. make three grand all you have to do is have sex with this uncle cuddle this uncle and you make money kind of thing yeah i hear what you're saying and I, and I think you're right i think with the main character you can keep her story as is i think it's it's carly it's the other yeah. side characters also mm. being like i'm scared for my life i don't have to get out of this that makes it feel a bit like Right, so it feels like sex work is a result of a woman who, who having a complicated relationship with sex doesn't yeah. see any value in it, yeah. which I think is just too, too like. I don't know. It's weird. 
I don't think sex work is that simple. Mm. And that was the thing that felt disappointing to me about the show. Mm. Because I was really looking forward to this, like, what sex work looks like in 2020. Mm. And to me, like, based on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and the sex workers I've encountered, it feels a lot more, like, getting into sex work isn't, like, the like you're at rock bottom. Yeah. Whereas it's very much presented in the show, like, oh, when you're at rock bottom, you can always turn to, like, your body and using it, selling your body for sex. I think at the beginning, again, maybe at the beginning of the story where, you know, Sasha's being lured in or groomed yeah. in, a lot of it was kind of positioned, like, it's easy money. Mm. So I think there was, there was two ways. It was, either like, easy money, midway through, so maybe towards, is it episode three or four, where she has that encounter with the African uncle who mm-hmm. wants to be cradled, the, the girl that she's with talked about it like a form of power. Yeah. So you can get the, the money aspect, the power aspect, and then there's the damaged a- yeah. aspect. Yeah, there could have been a more of a balance, but I do think that they did try where they could to, to show, especially in the earlier episodes, that sex work, especially in 2022, can be as easy as going on the camera and saying, how's your day been? Or being a, as a, a form of solace to someone yeah. and being paid in that way. What did you think of the music? I don't know. <laughs> in terms of the music, I think that I, there was so many different aspects to the show and I think it complemented the shows in some ways. I did like one that it wasn't like a traditional musical where they just burst into song and dance mm-hmm. all the time. Because sometimes that can be awkward, especially from a TV series perspective. Like I think of like musical episodes like Grey's Anatomy or Scrubs. Actually, the Scrubs one was really good. The Scrubs musical episode was good. The Grey's Anatomy one, on the other hand, awkward. But I liked that the music adds an extra layer to it, especially because I watched episode six first. Yeah. That that beautiful I think that's moment in the, the church. Best yeah. The series, it was just it was just an amazing opening to what I thought was gonna be the start of the series, and I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think maybe the music was a little bit basic. I, of course, it's not going to be like, it's not Beyonce and it's not Renaissance. It's like, it, well, actually, I have my own views of Renaissance. It was, the genre was inconsistent as well. Yeah. Like, if then per episode, there was a different, almost the genre of the music would change. So, like, that like first episode, she has her sort of like dreamlike song that she yeah. sings at the beginning. And then at the end of the episode, she sings that song about like, that's sort of like women who've been. Yeah hard up by men, let's all join together. Mm. And in the second episode, she's got that song where she's in the like unemployment office. It's like, we all need to rise up against yeah. it's like And I was like, is this the kind of music that this character makes? Yeah. That was a question I couldn't, I couldn't quite land on with the music. It's like, I can't tell if this is the show or the character. Like this is her imagining what song she would sing. Or if you've just put in a song here, um, I think when this, this, the music that she sings in like the booth and sings actually live is the songs that you expect Sasha as a character to sing. And that feels weird to me, actually. Yeah, that was giving me silly girls. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. But it was giving me more like, you could see her attitude, you could see her character, you could see how she was feeling. I think every song should have been like that. Because yeah. to me, she's our main character. She's carrying us through this mm-hmm. drama. And so like most musicals, the song is supposed to push the story forward. Yeah. And if we have a song and it's pushing the story forward, and it's her story. Mm. It should be in the style of music that she would sing, yeah. to me. It's not an ensemble cast. It's not like anybody else. Nobody else sings in that. No, it's just it's her. Not. It's not fame. It's not like, it's not High School Musical, mm. where like, oh, 
the music that Sharpay and Ryan sings is very specifically Sharpay yeah. and Ryan songs. You know what I mean? So it's like, and even then, the film has one genre of music. There's no like 80s ballad in the yeah. middle of that. Like it's very specific. Whereas I felt like this, it was like, ah, oh, depending on the episode, we'll sing a, it was like there's a, one episode where she's like doing the video for the song like on a bed. Yeah, I know. And I was like, this is another completely separate yeah. genre. But I, in my head, the way I, I saw I like the, the video show, for that one though. Yeah, I, I saw it as like, mini music videos compiled and sliced into this series, which I didn't hate. No. And I agree, there was definitely a change in different genres. Like sometimes it started off with like R&B and rap and then a bit of jazz, oh, maybe jazz, or, you know, um, was it house? Like, oh, no, no, just... Don't start. <laughs> Don't start. Basically, it was a whole range of different genres, which I think made the series feel interesting and kept you on your toes mm-hmm. um i don't particularly have a massive issue about that i just felt like i don't know it just didn't feel like as produced like well produced i just felt wish it had more of a musical identity and i think yeah, the reason why that final song that song that she sings yeah. in church really lands is because it feels like it's about the story yeah. but it's also her singing from her heart yeah. in the environment that she's in I just think it's the best song of the series and yeah. I, I feel like the most musical yeah. drama yeah. of all the songs yeah. as well yeah. and I wish there was just more things like that Maybe you know I'm not a massive fan of the musical actually and so I was a bit nervous going into this because I just don't like it yeah um, and the musicals I like are actually dance musicals. Like, they have big numbers. There, yeah, and that's, that's what I enjoy about yeah. them. I don't think this had that many big numbers. Like I don't think it needed it. I mean, I would have hated it if they were in the scene where they're in... Is it Ibiza or wherever they go to on the islands and they're in that prostitution ring and they're, they're dancing... Yeah, no, you're right. I don't, I'm I not saying I, I, would, I, I don't think I would have wanted a big number, but like, I mean, like that's the type of musical that I like. And I know I've mentioned High School Musical, but like, I don't like every song on High School Musical. There are some songs that I'm like, this is a masterpiece. But you'll still sing it. And honestly, I think. Do you think High School Musical one? All of those songs are like in yeah, the same yeah, universe. Actually, yeah. So like, if you like one of them, you're gonna like all of them. But I, I, I think I have to go back to the production value. I just wasn't, like, I wasn't blown away by the production value of the song. And I think, I know that before I watched Mood, I remember seeing BBC promoting the um, soundtrack. And yeah, I don't think I would listen to any of the songs from the, from the soundtrack after watching the show. She did like a live lounge or... Um, did she? Uh, yeah, as is her she, character. Is she a musician? Uh, okay, that was my other But then question. I also is she a musician? Of, or she, she recently got... Not recently. She but, got signed. Yeah, after okay. the show. Yeah. When the show was about to come out, she got signed. Yeah. I would love to hear what she comes out with. I mean, of course, she's not coming out as Sasha. She's going to be Nicole. Which I think is confusing. Yeah. No, I don't. I, as in, like, she deserves the signing. Yeah. Obviously, she is the real person who yeah, makes exactly. the music. I feel like. But I do think it's confusing that, like, around the time that Sasha yeah, maybe was performing, yeah. Nicole got the, the deal. record deal. But well, what is she gonna do? Like, oh, sorry, I can't sign this deal. Sasha. I feel like Sasha's got the record deal. <laughs> no, it was. I think. Well, I wouldn't have done. I would. I don't think I would have done like Graham Norton as my character. I would have done it as me. Yeah. That's true, but but there's the other question that I wanted to ask you because you know a bit more about the backstory was if it was based on a true story. No. Okay, because what the reason why I said, said the comparisons with Fleabag and Chewing Gum is because those type of titles are based on true stories. There's probably truth to it, but maybe not. Like I don't know if yeah, every single true. thing of it yeah. is factual. Yeah. Um, 
I personally don't know if it would have got, I would have received it better if it was true or not. Um, because to me, the thing that, like, I've watched the first episode twice, I've watched the series once yeah. the whole way through, and I really think that, like, while there are, there's a lot going on, and I don't think it all works together, mm. I think that central relationship between her and Carly, as this person sort of, like, being like, oh, it'll be really super easy, just do this, just do this, and, like, yeah. drawing her deeper and deeper into this this thing that's, like, a little bit out of her control, actually. Like, you meet Carly and you feel like she's a boss bitch, she's in charge, and actually, yeah, you get to Ibiza and it's like, they're at the mercy of these guys. And I was like, oh, I think they did a really good job of showing a, a relationship that was that is grooming, yeah. that doesn't feel like someone lurking yeah. in the like, background. Oh, she's just my friend. And, exactly. But everyone's telling you, like, she's bad news, she's bad news. You'd be like, no, but she's my mate. And yeah. then you end up seeing her, like, in this, you know, prostitution ring. You see, you see her, like, wasted and passed out. You see all the warning signs, but you're not really understanding until it's too late. I think the girl that plays Carly is is brilliant in this yeah, I think actually. She's really good. Um, I mean, also, but I, also that being said, I don't think it's a hard character to play. In a sense, that, that, sorry, I'm not trying to like on... make it sound like her as a character was easy, but I think she had to I be. That's close she, to somebody. Yeah, she had to be very extreme. Yeah, I would love to. Um, I guess this is just research on my own, like learn a bit more about the actress because it feels to me like she's pulling from. What's your experience? I don't even think personal experience, but pulling from like someone she recognizes yeah, in yeah, that character. Yeah. Cause she feels so, to me, like real. Yeah. Um, in the way that, I don't know, there's something, there was something about Sasha's character that just sort of felt a little bit outside of the drama. Yeah. But I think that was the whole thing. She, she kind of positioned herself as this kind of weird rebel, like speaking up against the system. Like that example in the episode where she she goes to the uncle's house and she has to like cradle him and then his wife comes and you know the wife is dealing to you know the fetish of her husband and she puts all praise Sasha and the other girl and then Sasha's like well he said he's gonna give us a tip there's always this point where Sasha was always gonna speak up and that actually she was never fully immersed into that world because. She knew that something wasn't right. Yeah. She was always cautious, basically. She feels outside of every world that she encounters in, yeah. in the show. That's she's outside it. of her family. She's mm. outside of... the When she says the drug dealer, she's outside of that. Outside of herself a little bit with Carly and, and the whole sex work thing. And then even when her career's taking off at the end, which felt like a quite a jump all of a mm. sudden to be like, ah, oh, she's performing, everything's fine. I really fine. wish it was like a little card that said like two years later. Yeah. yeah. That she still felt a little bit outside of. And it was like... I think if we could have benefited from seeing her in a place where she would thrive, yeah. so we know the difference between her being uncomfortable and her thriving, because actually the whole way through, she's just a little bit uncomfortable. Mm. And I'm sure she was, I'm sure yeah. you would be. Yeah. But like, it makes it hard for you to figure out where she should be because she's uncomfortable everywhere that she is. Yeah. Like if she was like, right, when I sit down at the microphone, mm. I am myself, I'm the most myself, and you understand why she's doing all of this to get back to that moment where mm. she can be in front of the of a piano and like sing her songs and play the piano. But like, even, like you said, she's uncomfortable about performance. You're like, mm, it doesn't really feel like this is where you ought to be either. Mm. So where are you supposed to be? Maybe that was the whole point to make you think, but. Do you think they were positioning the series for a second series? I have heard that there will be a second season. Okay. Well, so Mood is a co-production between AMC and the BBC. It hasn't actually gone out on AMC yet. 
Okay. And I think they apparently get the deciding vote on whether or not it's going to come uh, back okay. for a second season. So the jury's out until it goes out on the on on AMC. Um, my source thinks that it is likely that it will get a second season mm. if it does well on AMC. Like they're not gonna they're not gonna be like, well, how can we bring this back? I think yeah. they'll be fast, but yeah. I think my source also said that they had heard that it would be a focus on her now in the in the industry, in the music yeah. industry. I think, I'll be perfectly honest, I would prefer to see that story more. I'm not, I'm really honest, I'm not that fast about her. From the way the series ended, I get the impression that she's now out of that sex work world. Yeah. And I don't think Carly will have mo- much of a focus because that's old world versus new world. Unless they cut to her and see what she's doing or she like, I think by it's chance that like, she's at the bus stop and she sees Carly. No, I think it's baby. possible that Carly's like probably got stuff on her. Maybe that's how you bring her back into maybe, the second season. Maybe, um, yeah. Because that was my other issue about the sex work thing. So like, as a musician, you're going to be a public figure. Like if she was a writer, she could have, gone her whole life without anyone ever finding out about that as a musician you're a public figure so if someone can look at you and go where have I seen this girl before and pull up your profile on only stance whatever the hell it was called like that doesn't seem like the right side job to take so to me it's like if you're gonna have a second season and focus on her career you have to bring up that stuff in some way I think that would be actually quite interesting it's like what do you do it's kind of like do you remember when that stuff came out about Cardi B and how she used to that it's still men's money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing about Cardi B, she will take it, she will own it, she will move on. And that's what she did. Yeah, like, I'm not going to lie, when I heard that, I was like, I'm not sorry about, I'm not sorry for those men. Yeah. I should be, but I'm not. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it is. I just, yeah. I feel like I'm not going to side with these men over this woman. Like, you could argue like, oh, well, she had a job, so she was making money. But like, I don't think you make that much money from stripping. No. To be unless, completely yeah. honest. I mean, unless you're doing it all day, all night. And you're doing it in the biggest. You only venues. really make money if you can get and, private dances. Yeah. So and then if you, you could become have a, a cam girl. Yeah, you yeah. could have a full house watching you on the pole, and not and yeah, not man. make more than like your your house rent yeah. that day. Because they're spraying ones. They're not spraying twenties. Yeah. And in yeah. England, they're not spraying ones. They're spraying. They're, they're not spraying. They're spraying pennies. They're not spraying. They're throwing you pennies need at to you. be like, hey, let's go you for think, a, You think you're a fountain. That's how much... A <laughs> secret. Let's go for a private dance. Yeah. Like, it's really hard to make yeah. a considerable amount of money unless you have a sugar daddy or something. Anyway. Yeah. So, it's a complete side I'm note. not giving you tips <laughs> on how to get into sex work. Um, I'll be intrigued to see what happens with Series 2 if they get it. I, I'm, I'm always, like, in support of, again, she's an up-and-coming creator, and I think it's a great opportunity to have, you know, this show that she's built and created and directed and produced and then have the music element on top of it. it I think it's a massive feat and I'm keen to see where it goes with this story. I don't know. It, I wasn't like fully blown away after seeing all the promotion from on BBC, but I do think it's got some good ingredients to become a, a really interesting show for that audience, that demographic. What would you give it? I realise we've never done this before. What would you rate it out of like five? Five. Three and a half. Yeah, I think I'd give it three. (laughs) I'd be really generous. No. Um, What would you have given um, everything I know about love? Three. Yeah, same. What would you have given... We, I think we talk about. I mean, it's hard. I find it hard rating documentaries because it's like, are you rating the real story? No, I think we should rate the, the storytelling. 
and the the actual oh okay well i think it was really well told up until up until like the very last few episodes because i just feel like the story gets a bit boring yeah if i was going to rate the storytelling of the most hated man on the internet i'll probably still just give it a three like i wasn't as blown away i've watched some other documentaries on netflix or on other platforms where i felt more gripped Okay, I think I'd give it a 3.5 for the initial, like the way it one. starts. Yeah. I would say one and two, maybe three, up until the husband gets involved. I really enjoyed. <laughs> um, I love how you met like the other characters on the yeah. website as you went along. Yeah. Like it was like, oh, this is where I pop into a story. Like I like a story like that mm-hmm. rather than like, here are all the characters up front. Yeah. We'll come back to this person when yeah. they're relevant. It's yeah. like, no, you'll meet this person as we go along in yeah. our story, which I enjoyed. But um, uh, yeah, I think I'd give Muda three. Yeah. To we should definitely keep on rating the, the shows that we're watching. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm keen. Oh, I'm, would you give couples therapy? I really like I'd give it a give you a good, I was thinking of it a four. But I, the reason I like, I like the show is because there is a lot of dating and relating shows and dating and relationships shows yeah. that we watch in general. And... I think there was a point that you made when we were reviewing couples therapy that a lot of these shows just focus on like getting to the relationship, like starting the relationship. Whereas there's not many shows that actually delve into the relationships afterwards, like after the cameras are off or after you've been in this relationship for like five years plus. And how do you maintain it? And I just love the realness of it. Yeah. So that's why I love the way it's shot. It's honestly a show that I'm genuinely surprised. Every episode, I'm like, what? What's happened? Yeah. You know, so, just by like people's real stories yeah. and the situations they're in. And yeah. also like the way that they, and maybe this is more about the way that the show knows about our internal biases, but like yeah. every episode, I'm like, who's the bad guy? Yeah. I've just, is... some, one of you has to be the bad guy. It can't yeah. be like two broken people. It has yeah. to be one of you is yeah. a bad guy. And so watching it like that, I'm like, every episode it's shifting. Yeah. And then you watch it the second time, you're like, Oh, oh, both no. of these people they are, are just so trying bad. their best. <laughs> they're both trying their yeah. best and they've got a lot of stuff that they've never dealt with yeah. and now they're in this relationship and it's all coming to the surface and it just makes me think I'm onto something in going to therapy now than waiting until like I've found someone and being like, I'm going to kill him. And they're like, don't <laughs> do that, don't do that. But talking of relationships, I have a recommendation. I can't wait to hear it. That we need to... Review. We need to talk about. Can't wait to hear it. We need to discuss. We are going to discuss next time. Married at first sight. UK. I cannot wait. Season season six. But it's seven. Seven. Season seven. Season seven. Wow. I I I've been watching the series since series one. I've watched the series since I think. Yeah. Two? Yeah, I watched it when it first came out. But there was a season. It was like I watched maybe two seasons in a row and I stopped and I came back for the last season. Yeah, I can't believe it's got. Maybe I've missed a couple because I'm sure I'm sure I've watched every single season. I think it's seven. But, or, it's seven or eight. No, I think I think it may be. Um, I think let's just say the most recent series of Married at First Sight UK, not Australia, not US. The one that's currently the one airing that's currently now. that's airing now. We're gonna talk about it because I have so many thoughts, so many thoughts, and I know that you will too. I have one thought. So many. No, no, I do. I have a lot of thoughts um, about a lot of the couples. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to watch can't it. Can't wait to talk about but it. By the time we watch it, we'll just we'll just take you up to the speed where it will be. Um, it's it is on Channel Four. Yeah. Us on all four. It's is daily. It daily. It's daily Monday to Thursday. Okay. So it's not Love Island, but um, close. Yeah, it's close enough. But I think what I like about it maybe is a bit different. That I've not watched it because it doesn't feel like an appointment to, t- to watch TV like Love Island. 
I'm still watching it, but if I do miss it, I just have enjoy binging it. So yeah, I think I would definitely like sit down to watch it when it came out. Yeah. Um, it's very weird that we do that for Love Island, and I guess it's not. It's because like you're not getting spoilers constantly. Yeah, but I do remember like before the episode, before one particular episode, I saw a bunch of memes about it. Oh, okay. Um, and I was like, oh, I need to watch the yeah, episode as quickly as possible because people are memeing it. Yeah. But I just started the series. Oh, you've just, okay. No, I've, I'm up to date now, but okay. I, I had just watched, yeah. started the series at that point. I, because I didn't watch it straight away. I saw the advertising for it. Um, saw like some of the billboards and stuff that I'm trying to find had done. But it was only out of, I was going to say a bit of boredom also because I love this genre that I was like, oh, let me watch the UK version because I am currently watching the US mm-hmm. version. Um, and I skipped the, the Australia version. But either way, we're going to talk about the UK version. So excited. Um, and yeah. Thank you much. for listening to yet another episode of us yelling at you about TV shows <laughs> and pop culture. Of course, of course. Well, this has been Scripts and Giggles with Shoshana. And Nani. Bye. Bye.